Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. Welcome to another episode of So Mind-Boggling Journeys. I'm your host, Bettina Goolsby. I'm an actor and dreamer slash creative continuing to go after my dreams. So much of this journey is just so mind-boggling, hence the title, for either reasons of utter disappointment or the manifestation beyond what I could have ever imagined. Follow along as I check in with other creatives along the way and learn what so mind-boggling things they have to say and what it's like pursuing the dream while living the in-between. On today's episode of So Mind-Boggling Journeys, I invite my podcast co-producer, Sam Valentine of One Broke Actress, to come from behind the scenes and tell us more about who she is and how her podcast came to be. Initially, One Broke Actress was a blog-turned-podcast about the life of a working actor. The brand is now a website, actor workshops, merch, and more. Sam will also share how she manages all the things and the one thing she refuses to sacrifice for the love of her work. Here is Sam Valentine. Sam, (laughs) here we are. Hello. Thank you so much for being one of my guests on So Mind-Boggling Journeys. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Let's just dive right in. For all the listeners out there, this is Sam Valentine of One Broke Actress, creator and founder. One Broke Actress is a website and it's also a podcast for the working actor where she talks about different things that you encounter and learn and to be aware of as you are going along achieving these dreams. Most recently, she created and founded Fast Forward Production, which is a podcast services production company. With the success of One Broke Actress, she now is lending her expertise and her experience to other new podcasters in this space. She is actually my co-producer for So Mind-Boggling Journeys. You might recognize me if you've listened to episodes from The Women Are Speaking. (laughs) Yes, yes. That is her tagline, which is great. Um, And you will hear that at the beginning of every episode. And so we're so happy to have you here. I wanted to have her here to not only talk about that, the production end of Fast Forward Productions, but I also wanted to introduce her to you all and her website and podcast, One Broke Actress, just because I think that that is just brilliant that you started that whole platform. And I love that you just wrapped up season nine and so we have a season 10 coming soon potentially eventually yes (laughs) mama needed a little break uh because i started a youtube channel too so yes something in the works absolutely Okay, great. So let's first just kick off for my listeners. Just let them know first how you even thought to create One Broke Actress and the name. I think you've had some controversy about the name. And broke is one thing that you are not, ma'am. There's a lot of abundance happening with One Broke Actress. So... Today, yes. Tomorrow, who knows? Thank you so much. I love that you found it and I love that it resonates with you. It makes me so happy that it hits people from all different areas of the business and all different lives. It it makes me, it just, the reason I get up in the morning, that and dogs. So One Broke Actress started from 2015-ish, 2016. I booked a movie. I was non-union. It was in France. And so I got to fly to France and I was the lead in this film. And it was like, a very big deal and I learned so much and I'm so grateful to that movie because it was like, I I mean, a lifetime's worth of lessons were learned because I was on set every single day. I came home and to go do that movie, I lost my full-time job, 
which was a customer service employee for an online health coaching company, which was a perfect job. It was perfect because I could work at home and answer phones and like answer emails. And then I could skirt off to an audition and answer them from my phone and like come back. I had health insurance and like, mm, it was perfect. Before I left, they bumped me to social media manager, which was like home base. I was like, let's go. This is a perfect job for me. And then I had to quit in order to take this movie. They would not bring me back afterwards. So when I came home from what most people would experience as like a pinnacle of an actor moment, I was unemployed. I was not getting any auditions. The movie, who knew when it was going to come out, if it was going to come out, there were so many variables. And yet I had people patting me on my back saying like, congratulations, I know this is your big break. And I had no idea what to do with myself. I felt so lost. I decided I need some money and I also need like mental stimulation. So I posted on Facebook because that's how old this story is, is that we used to post on Facebook. And I said, hi, I'm looking for a part-time work because I love like working with friends and family and like babysit, you know, little pieces of jobs. I love jobs. My managers of the time called me and were like, take down your Facebook status. We're selling you as a leading lady. And I panicked and I cried, and then I got mad. Because why can't I say that this is hard? Why do we have to hide that there are so many aspects of this business that no one talks about? And I started to notice that actors would look all great on social media, like, oh, booking, oh, on set, blah, blah, blah. And then when we'd get in rooms and someone would dim the lights a little bit, we'd all lean in and say, hey, are you going out? Is it quiet? Have you had trouble with auditions? And we would talk to each other about the real and I was like, we need to do this. Social media had started to make the push towards sharing more real stuff. We were kind of getting tired of the polished prettiness of it all. I was like, I'm going to write a blog. I was going to call it brokeactor.com, which at the time I was so upset because somebody owned the website already. I was like, damn it, I got to change it. <laughs> so I changed it to one broke actress because I could buy the website. Two broke girls was really popular at the time. And like, I feel like it flowed. It just kind of worked. And at the time I was on unemployment, I felt physically broken. I felt like I didn't know what to do with myself, what to do with my career, how I was supposed to function and keep all of this secret while showing up into an audition like a bubbly bubblegum princess. So I started writing about it. I got bold enough to start sharing it occasionally on Facebook. And then from there, it kind of rolled, you know, it just started happening. And I had a podcast at the time with a friend that was just a chat podcast. We started it in like 2014, 2015, like I'm old school podcaster. And it was called Not According to Plan. It still exists. My friend Scott and I had it together. And I was like, I think I could make One Broke Actress into a podcast too. And then I could talk to more people about the industry and have a reason to talk to them that wasn't about me. And so I started the podcast and five, six years later, it's the thing that got me through the pandemic. One broke actresses. It's the it's a business. It's like a part of the reason I make money now because I get to work with actors specifically. It's you know it's it's been it's my whole world now. Oh, I love that you say it's your whole world now. And how great does that feel that it's something you created yourself? It's like you gave yourself a job. Like that's how I think of it. It's like you booked yourself. I booked myself. Oh my God, that's such a cool way to think of it. I was hiking with a friend last summer. We were on a, a popular hike spot and I asked someone to take me in my friend's picture and the girl was super sweet. She took our picture and she handed the phone back to me. She goes, by the way, I love One Broke Actress. 
And that was the first time someone had ever seen me in public because it got really popular in the pandemic and we were masked and so I'd never really talked to people. And so she saw me and like gave my phone back, was so sweet about it. And my friend, who's also very involved in the business and really understands it, turns to me and goes, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen because this is something you made, not somebody else's project you were in. And I think about that all the time. I think that's like the coolest part about it. And then to have someone out in the world, an actual fan, you know, recognize you and say something to you about it. It's like it's impacting people. And it's so resourceful. It's so much good information. And I think it's great information for like the working actor, you know, the actor that's just starting, the actor that's maybe taking a break and wants to kind of get their feet wet again and know what's happening in the industry. I mean, I think it's great for everyone. I think it's great for advanced actors because I feel like you just have such a broad range of information it's just great on behalf of the working actors thank you thank you oh it's so nice to hear because some days I feel like did I repeat myself 500 times today does everyone already know this stuff do I and then I forget that like because I've had the privilege of making this into a job I get to spend time money and energy learning more things about this business so I get to soak myself in all of the parts of this business, whereas other people get to jump from job to job to job. So I'm like, how can I make this a soundbite that's worthy of their time? Oh, interesting. And how did you get past, like, let's say the first three seasons, right? When you're just trying to build an audience and just trying to like get the episodes out. How did you push through that? I honestly had to just do it for myself. I don't know of anybody who came from nothing. Not to say that I wasn't raised with privilege and all of that great stuff, but to somebody who wasn't born into the Hollywood sphere, who wasn't in this world already, who didn't have to try for a really long time before something hit. I don't know a single person who's just nailed it. And if they have, we've only been told one side of the story because I don't think that's true. I think that I realized if I was going to do this and do it well, I was just going to have to continuously put in time and effort. And I had to give up a lot of my ideas of what I wanted this to look like, just like I did with my acting career, to be honest. I would listen to other people's podcasts. I was like, oh, they have layered music and segments and like all this cool shit. And like, I have background noise. And I was like, people are not listening to yours because they want high quality audio. They're listening to yours because the content is good and the audio quality will come later. And listen, nothing's perfect. I edit my own podcasts. I do everything myself. And I firmly believe that good content is the most important thing. It became my contribution to my creativity. And that's when it really helped me let go and not worry about the result because I didn't really expect a ton of people to listen. In fact, I was kind of scared, delusionally scared at first. I was like, what if an agent listens? What if someone, like, they have their own shit to worry about. Like, at first, they weren't listening. Now they are, which I can't think too hard about. But when I started it, it was just me doing the thing and trying to not expect anything from it. When I first started it too, it was just me asking questions. Now I feel like I have more to contribute because I let myself grow. But when I first started, I was like, I'm just going to source other people for information. I can't have an opinion. You know, I was in my mid-20s and now I'm in my mid-30s and I got opinions. I got experience. I got shit to say. And if it's my experience, it's valid. That's what I've had to come to understand. Just getting it out there was hard. But knowing the cool thing about podcasts, and you're seeing this too in yours, that once you start to put it out, you just have to continuously do it and it just starts growing. It's like planting a tree. You really just have to walk away because if you go check on the tree every day, you're not going to see a difference. But if you plant it and you come back like three weeks later, you're like, I think there's a branch. 
ranch. You know what I mean? It's just like, you have to let it slow roll. Just enjoy the process, which is really hard to do. And because it was my creativity piece, it was a very popular time when people were like, I want to start a web series. And everyone told you that. You had a podcast guest who talked about that, who was like, everyone's like, do a web series. If you're not getting cast, do this, do that. I was like... I don't want to do a web series. <laughs> so instead, I made a podcast and I built a platform. It was slow and it still feels slow, but it's fun. And it kept me in this business on the days when I wanted to quit. And that really changed the game. I like what you said a second ago about doing it for yourself. That's what I've learned on this round, working with you and on the season three and just having something that comes out every week where I'm like, oh, it feels really good to actually be in the flow, to actually have all these ideas that I have actually coming to life. Like the creativity part of that is just priceless. So much so that I feel like it definitely is making me feel better about what is or isn't happening in terms of the acting. You know what I mean? If you kind of think like, oh, that happened or oh, I did this film and I thought it was going to look like this or all those expectations. I feel like the podcast is kind of like validating all of the craziness (laughs) and all of the parts that you can't control in the business and with your career. And I just, I love it. And I love that it's my baby. Isn't it nice that you can find your flow state without seeking permission? It's also, I think, really beautiful because you're a great example. Like when you started, we were like, okay, we're going to overhaul the whole system. We're going to start from scratch. You have the podcast already, but we're going to kind of clean the slate and like start over again with the next season. Although it looks like you're just flowing, you know how hard the pieces were to find that flow state. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It sounds like an easy peasy thing, but like you worked your butt off to get here. It's a lot of work. Two things that I'm most proud of is that one, that episodes go out every week. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is a dream, right? And the second thing, and this is also for my listeners that I want them to take away from this is that I think a lot of times as creators, we feel like if we have these ideas, right, we have to to execute them from A to Z, from soup to nuts, and that we have to do everything by ourselves ourselves. And I feel like one of the strongest things I did was to really sit and be like, okay, what am I strong at? What can I do with relative ease just to get this thing going? And where do I need help? Like, where are the blockages coming from? And for me, that was the editing part, you know, because I was like, teaching myself how to edit and learning these different programs and trying to figure out sound volumes and all that. And I was like, oh my God, like the technical production part of it is taking me out, like, to the point where it was like, the episodes weren't consistent you know the seasons weren't full seasons you know and I just felt like oh I'm getting like lost and trapped in all these other little like booby traps you know these little holes one of the smartest things I did was I was like okay I know where I need the help and let me get that help and I invested in myself you know as artists we're working all these like quote unquote survival jobs just to pay the bills and to keep the lights on instead of doing that you know maybe I won't do a class this month or maybe I won't go have like that fancy dinner this month I won't spend the money here where actually I really want to spend it on like my dreams, like on some type of service that can help me move that forward. And I feel like that was like one of the smartest things I did this season. So I'm so thankful to you and Fast Forward Production and the fact that there's like a whole bunch of people behind Fast Forward Production that this is also served. And it's a lot of creatives, which is nice. 
there's a lot of creatives. So I love that now that's your new business, which is Fast Forward Production. And tell us about that. And how are you managing Fast Forward Production, One Broke Actress, and your acting career, and being a dog mom, and being a wife, like all the things? Thanks for making me sound super cool. I love that you found flow in this. That makes me really happy. About what you just said, like identifying your zone of genius. There's a book that it's Rachel, and I can't remember her last name, called We Should All Be Millionaires. And she's this gorgeous woman and she wrote a book about like, oh, you posted about this. Yeah. And it's really good. And she talks about having a zone of genius and how you're not going to be able to do everything well. In fact, you can do very few things well. So why are you letting all this other take up space when if you can and you find a way, you can offload it in different scenarios. And you found your zone of genius and you were like, great, I love this part of it. I hate this part of it. And this part is holding me back from doing the part I love. I'm going to outsource that. Listen, it's it's a privilege to be able to find the space to like pay someone money, but there are other ways to do that for anyone who's listening who's like, I can't do that. Like there are ways you can exchange trade skills. The bartering. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's totally ways around it. Having outsourcing is is just, it's so key. And in terms of like, finding fast forward and making it work with my life. Fast forward found me, which is pretty cool. In the pandemic, I was once again, (laughs) all my stories start with, I was unemployed, but me and a lot of America were unemployed. Before the pandemic even, I had four or five jobs. I would get up in the morning and I would go coach fitness classes and then I would run across town and coach my private clients in the hills. Then I'd come back home and shower and eat. And then I would go meal prep for people, come home, take my dogs out and then go babysit. And sometimes while I was babysitting, I would check in and out people virtually for events, for staff that was working. So I would work four or five jobs a day. When I got an audition, I was like, ugh, where am I going to put this? Instead of like, oh, sick, opportunities. What can I do with this? And even fitting an acting class was hard. I wouldn't show up and I wouldn't rehearse. And just I was just giving, you know, I was giving like a tablespoon of myself to everything instead of doing anything well. And it felt like I was trapped because nothing paid me enough money to be able to do just one thing. And if it did, it took away all of my time. So when the pandemic hit and I filed for unemployment and it got that unemployment boost, it bought me time. That like extra bit of money we got for a while, if if anybody else was on that unemployment like addition, it bought me time to figure out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go and what I could do. Because never ever have I been in LA and had a pause button hit before. It has always been go, 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 and like just swimming to survive. And I had never taken a breath and just said, well, what should I do now? What do I want to do? And so in having that time, I started to focus a lot on One Broke Actress. I started to do a lot more postings. And that snowballed as well into what it is now, which includes workshops and like PDF you can buy for actors and like merch and all this, like it came one thing at a time, but that spiraled. And at the same time, one of my best friends from college, Ashley, who I worked with for, I mean, she and I went to, have been friends since 2007, (laughs) I guess. She reached out and was like, hey, I'm starting my own business because she was also on unemployment. She was like, I'm starting my own business. I have a podcast. I don't have time for it. Could I pay you some money to edit it and to post it? Is that an insult to your skills? Because I had a podcast too. And I was like, nope. 
Let's do it. So I just started editing her podcast. And then the more I talked about what jobs I was doing, the more people were like, oh, I actually have a podcast question. And I started to realize what people were coming to me for. And if anybody's listening and is like, I don't know what my specialty is, I want you to sit and think about what do people think of when they think of you. And I realized that when people thought Sam, they thought podcast. Even though my podcast wasn't perfect, like I said, I'm not an audio engineer, it just was consistent and done well and with purpose. So people went to me for podcasting questions. So I started to take on more people. People came to me with offers. A couple months into 2021, I mentioned to Ashley, I love the company Dear Media. They make tons of podcasts. I love what they do. And I was like, I would love to work for them, but I just, I don't want a full-time job. And she said, what if we just made our own media company? I was like, I you're an idiot. I was like, how did your brain just go to like make it ourselves? And she was like, we can do this. She goes, let's do six months and let's do a planning meeting like every single week. I was like, all right. And we built a company from scratch, which is wild. And it's what she does for people. She's an entrepreneur. She runs, helps run businesses. It's exactly what she does. And she did it for us and we built it together. And now we have four, three, four current clients and we have spots for a couple more. My favorite new thing is we just had one. It's a VIP day called Podcast in a Day for people who have no idea what they want to do for a podcast. And we sit down and we spend five or six hours together and we nail out your entire podcast, three months of content, cover art, intro, outro, like teach you how to make it, teach you how to edit. Like it's all full service in a day and you walk away and all you have to do is record. And it's so fun and it it's a job, which is cool. And you asked how I manage my schedule. I'm still figuring that out. There are weeks where I'm so jam-packed with, because with Lone Berg Actors, I take a ton of meetings with actors called coffee calls where we just chat about their career and like ways that we think that we could like do it better. Sometimes you just need a bird's eye view. I'm in a lot of meetings very often. And so I'm still figuring out how to best maneuver. The cool thing about working with actors a lot is that when you tell them you have an audition, they're like, oh, great, whatever you need, move your schedule, right? Like, so everyone's super understanding. (laughs) I found my crowd. One thing I try to do is to batch as much stuff as possible. So on Mondays, I work on One Broke Actress. On Mondays, I make content for Instagram, for TikTok, emails, blog posts, reels. I try to do that all on Mondays with a plan going into the day. So like I plan it out on Sunday what I'm going to make. And then I work on One Broke Actress most of the time on Mondays. If I need to film something, whatever it is, I try to get my end done. So then I just set it up and let it roll. So then I don't have to do a lot with it during the week, except for work with my clients, talk to Patreon, make story, like that kind of stuff that just flows for me now. So Monday's that day. As of right now, everything is subject to change in my life. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I take meetings. Those are the days that I have open slots to book things with me, fast forward meetings. Wednesday is very much a fast forward day. I try to get as much podcast stuff done on Wednesdays as possible for my clients. I check in, see what anyone needs. And so it's basically like work week. And then Fridays, I stop taking meetings and I work on acting. Now, if acting stuff happens during the week, obviously we clear the slate, move things around and like fit it in as needed. Friday's acting day. So I film a scene at least, if not more. If I have auditions that I've gotten and I have time, to film them on Fridays instead of on the weekend. I'll do that. I work with a coach on Saturdays, so I work on my scenes on Fridays as well and try to get as much actor done on that day. I'll read a script, whatever I have time for. Oftentimes those things are also sprinkled in during the week just automatically based on meetings or auditions or something like that. Saturdays I coach. 
And then I try to hang out with my husband on the weekends. And I go to bed early and I get up early. And those are also ways that I get things done. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I go to bed because my husband has clients early in the mornings. He's a personal trainer. We go to bed at like 8.30, 9 o'clock. Oh, that's really early. Oh, wow. Yeah. He has 6 a.m. clients, so we have to get up at – he gets up at 5. I'll sleep until 6. We'll start getting ready for bed around 8.30, 8.45, and we like to be in bed at the latest around 9.30 to read and then go to sleep. It's like my domesticated routine. <laughs> who knows me? Anyone who's listening will be like, girl, and you know that is not you. But let me tell you, I – most recently, I haven't been going to bed early. That's the bad thing. Like I can't quite get into bed early just yet. Well, at least that early. I, my goal would be to get into bed at like 10, 30, and 11. And that can be a little bit of a struggle. But I have been getting up in the mornings. And I'm like, wait, those like two to three hours before work? I'm like, oh, that's the sweet spot right there. Like I am so more productive in that time than I am after work. And it's untouchable. And you know what? Yours is even better because you're East Coast. So like, you don't even have any email in your inbox yet. Like when I wake up, you know, it's, it's like nine o'clock on the East coast. So like there might be emails in my inbox already. I try not to open them for a little bit, but like those are magic hours, man, for yourself, right? If you want to take them for you, that's like, that's such good time. That's such good time. It is. And I'm like, who knew that all these years when I was like fighting with employers and fighting with my track coach and like, you know, fighting with all these people about the mornings, you know, and I'm like, Eureka, the mornings are really (laughs) the time to do everything. That's where the magic happens. I feel like I'm super clear. People aren't calling because it's early in the morning. You know what I mean? There's not a whole bunch of emails. Like it's so quiet. It feels very pure, you know? Because you're like have a clean slate. Yeah. Yes. So that's been something that I, you know, recently learned. And I could see that with you because in my mind, I'm like, gosh, she's so productive. You know, I always think that, you know, I'm like a one step ahead of you. Every time I think that I'm like, oh yeah, I gave Sam what she needed. So like now I have this time to like get myself organized and to do this and to do that. And it's like, lo and behold, then you're like, hey, so where is this? And I'm like, ah, I ran up against the, another deadline. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I love, what did you say the day you go, if accountability were a human, (laughs) that would be you. I was so touched by that. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, she is like an expensive accountability partner. Like, (laughs) oh my God, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. I'll take it. You take it very seriously and you treat it like it's a job. And I so appreciate that because- you know, if you were a friend or anyone else, you know what I mean? You could be like, oh, yeah, you didn't have it in. Okay, no problem. Get it to me when you can or whatever, you know. And then the podcast would be all over the place, right? (laughs) And that's the thing. If anybody owns a business or runs their own stuff is like, that's the thing about having skin in the game in terms of a dollar amount. When you start charging people for things, it feels very imposter syndrome adjacent. And then you realize that when people put skin in the game in terms of dollars and time and energy, they show up so much better. It's why my working actor workshop isn't free. One, because it takes up a lot of my like time and energy, but two, because people will show up and take it so much more seriously because it's not $20, right? You know, I can make it into a webinar, sell it for $20 to 500 people, but it would just be another thing that sits in their inbox. I think dollar amounts are important in terms of people taking seriously. Does that mean you should price gouge someone? No, but it does mean you should value what you have to offer enough to 
value the payment on it. Yes. So I took a course with a woman, Dallas Travers, many, many years ago. Yeah, she's very popular. Yes, and she had a service that taught actors how to create other businesses so that they could fund their acting lives and like and still be able to live and have jobs. Oh, she sounds right up my alley. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, so that you could have something that you were really passionate about and not have like these quote unquote just survival jobs that you hate that just pay the bills. And that was one of the main things she talked about was that you charge for services. Like you can't just give things out for free. Although we would love to do that, but that, you know, if you want people to show up in a certain way, then people show up when it's like they're putting their hard-earned dollars into the mix. That's it. It's important. Yeah. So now with everything, you know, starting to percolate really with One Broke Actress and Fast Four Productions with the four clients and, you know, open for two more and then you're acting and you just, you know, booked Bosch Legacy gig, you know, and you are working on this like long-term voiceover project. How are you thinking about your acting career with all this other stuff? How are you going to be able to manage all of those things together, but then also be the actor that you want to be? For the first time, I feel like I actually have longevity built into my career because I can see myself doing these jobs indefinitely. Every other job that I've had has had a ticking clock on it. The thing that supported my acting had a clock on it. So for example, babysitting was something that I was reaching an age where I was like, how much longer am I going to feel okay doing this? Now, nannies make good money. You can do that for the rest of your life. I don't care. If it makes you happy and makes you money, go with God. But I was no longer really enjoying myself. I was kind of phoning it in. I felt like, you know, it's a job I've been doing since I was 12. So I was like, felt like I had outgrown it. And it felt like it had a ticking clock on it, which in turn leaned into my career. And I felt like my career had a ticking clock on it. I had to succeed soon, whatever that meant, or else I was going to have to quit. For the first time, I guess a year ago or so, I no longer asked myself the question like, am I going to do this acting thing? It's just like, I'm doing it. It's indefinite now. But because I have financial stability, and I also should say my financial stability also comes from having a husband who is well-employed as well. So it's not just me. Sam, full stop. I just want to thank you for that because a lot of people are not honest about those things. Another actress friend and I just had this conversation the other day. She was comparing herself to all these other people. And I was like, yeah, but you just don't know where people are getting their their blessings, right? You just have no idea. And people aren't forthcoming like that. So I'm glad that you said that. Thank you so much for, you know, admitting that it's like you also have other things that are helping you out. Absolutely. Because If more of us are transparent about money, it would save us so much time and headache. There's so much power in that. To me, it's shadier if people are like, yeah, I'm just doing well. I'm like, interesting. I never count other people's money because you're right. You never know where it comes from. But it goes back like, yes, I have a husband who's gainfully employed, so we share finances. So it takes a lot of weight off me. I also had parents who paid for my college So I wasn't in debt the day that I moved to Los Angeles. I also was born a white, middle-class, straight, pretty girl. So like the deck has been stacked in my favor since day one. And I always say this, and I'll probably get quoted one day like 10,000 times, but like I'm not playing with the same deck of cards that everyone else is playing with. Somebody else has a 
handful of aces, right? Like somebody else has even better cards. I think admitting and knowing where you come from and that other people have different struggles than you is the only way that we can, one, help each other out and two, have some true humility and gravitas in like our day-to-day life. I think it's, I think it's so important. I I agree. (laughs) And not to take anything away from, you know, someone who might be more financially blessed because I do feel that, you know, life is kind of cruel to everybody, right? Like (laughs) there's going to be something everyone's got their problems, yeah, you know, everyone's got their problems. everyone has their different set of blessings. So I definitely want to say that. I also admit too that, yeah, I was very lucky also that my mother took care of my college tuition. So I too graduated and didn't have a whole bunch of debt. And that was such a great head start. I'm not been hitting the pavement ever since graduation. That's for sure. That, <laughs> that is for sure. Yes, that, that, right. The fact that like my husband has a job has never made me slow down. Right. I think knowing that like there is other money in places doesn't stop my hustle. I don't think it should be the thing that like we, there's just no judgment to me in money. Like it just doesn't, some people have more, some people have less, some people are going to make tons more than me. Some people think that like my money is small. Some people think my money is big. Like it's just so personal, but knowing people's circumstances is important. And I always try to talk about a one book actress. The fact that I moved to LA without debt opened more doors for me because I wasn't trying to pay back Sally Mae for an education because I had a really good credit score. There's so many things I could talk about that. So because me and my husband share finances and I have one broke actress, I have down, I feel like at this moment in time to a good general idea of where it fits for me. It's going to change just like it's changed many, many times. But right now I feel like I know where it fits and I feel like I know how much energy it needs. There is seasons in the year in which I can give it more and less energy. Right now I'm not recording a podcast season. I'm like doing YouTube every other week. I am maintaining the Instagram. I'm not trying to necessarily grow my following so much as continue to put out good quality content and let it live. I'm very happy with where it is. The Patreon is my favorite. It's doing so much good, I think, for me and for others. I'm really happy with how it exists. So I would be happy with it staying the exact same workload for the rest of the year. Will I add more to it? I'm sure (laughs) because I have a bad habit of making things harder than they need to be. But for now, it is what it is. And I know how much work I need to give to it. And the cool thing about planting a lot of seeds is that you get to a point where you don't have to tend them as hard. So because One Broke Actress has been rolling now for five years, and because the past two years I put in so much work, I can now step back a little bit and let it grow. So I don't have to push as hard. That's really nice. And then with Fast Forward, we are starting to figure out like, okay, great, we can like try and find a couple new clients here. We can offer this service here. So that is seemingly growing. And because my business partner, Ashley, and co-owner has other businesses, she doesn't have all of her eggs in this basket. So we can slow roll this as well. My assistant who works with One Broke Actress has also been working with Fast Forward. So that takes a lot of the brunt off of me. So I'm able to mitigate the hours a little bit. So now that they've existed, now that like I don't have to have my hands in every pot necessarily, I can step back, help things from a bird's eye view, that kind of a thing. Acting is number one. It gets to be number one, which is great. Although when I explained my schedule, I feel like it didn't sound like it's the number one thing on the radar. But it is because everything I do feeds back into it. 
one broke actress, I get to spend time listening to podcasts, talking in clubhouses, all these learning experiences. I absorb it. I reiterate it in one broke actress and I'm working on my acting career in those aspects. I take a lot of classes. Anytime an audition comes in, I have the ability with the jobs I have to move everything in my calendar and make the audition the priority. And I've been doing this now for 11 years. So I'm pretty good at knowing exactly what I need to do when I get an audition. I know how much time I need to give it, when I need to do it. I put it on my calendar and I get it done. So just having systems in place is the thing that saves me. Sure, I might do a little like journal planning on a Sunday for like the work I'm going to do the next day. But like Sundays, Caleb and I sit on the couch and have coffee and then we get groceries. And then we just having nothing days are super important to my schedule as well. I'm finding that I don't like, I don't like to overload it. It sounds like I'm doing a lot, but in comparison to what I used to do, to me, it's not that much. The fact that I have time to sit and read a book for 45 minutes in the middle of my day is a game changer. And because my schedule is set to where I only take four meetings a day tops, there's actually a lot of space in between those meetings that I can take my dogs for a walk, listen to a podcast, go sit by my pool, like space to decompress because then I show up better for my next meeting which is something I learned early on when I started doing this was like, if I do thing after thing after thing, I just mentally disintegrate by the time I get to the last one. That's kind of how it's, uh, that's kind of how it's rolling right now. And it feels good. I also don't have kids. My dependents are three dogs that are all less than 15 pounds. So, (laughs) so I can run my full day. Yes. You know, the name of this podcast is So Mind-Boggling Journeys, and we usually ask the guests, like, what they think is the most so mind-boggling thing that they've learned so far, whether that's good or bad. What would you say has been the most so mind-boggling thing? And let's do a good one and a not-so-good okay. one. I think the most upbeat, so mind-boggling thing I've learned in this journey so far is that it feels like it's happening slowly, but can change on a dime. It feels like this business moves so slow, but something can happen tomorrow that changes everything. And I think that's magic. I don't think that happens in other jobs. It is magic. And I think that's also why people get confused with the business and think that like, oh my God, these people were overnight where it's like, no, 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 no. They've actually been grinding for like 10 to 15, maybe even 20 years. And then, you know, that thing just popped or whatever, right? Yes. That's probably my negative one is that even though it feels like magic to you, whatever that thing is, there is really no longer such a thing as a big break. Kind of. But not really, because the people that you see that you're like, oh, this is his first big movie. He did 36 movies before this. Sure, 15 of them are short films. Sure, five of them were movies you never saw. But like, there's no such thing as like one project. He was working. He was working. Yes. It feels like people just appear, but that's because that's how media works. That's their job to like showcase one person at a time. And people like finding the new it person. I think that's the so mind-boggling negative to me is that it's really just continuous work, especially now because we have so much content. So the cast of the show Peacemaker that was super popular on HBO for a couple months, people have already forgotten about that. And they're on to like, oh, this new season of Stranger Things. And it's like, that cast is killing it. Our brains jump and we absorb so much content now that like there is no moment where you're done. There's no moment where you're like, all right, this is it. Guess I can chill because I did it. It's kind of a bummer, but it's also great if you love this job, which I do. I love this job. Yeah. 
I do too. And what I love about it is that like after you've been in it for a while, for a few years, and you get that, right? Where you're like, oh, there's actually no big break. Or, oh, the project that you think is going to be like, oh, that's going to be this or that is usually not. <laughs> and it's like, you might get, you might have something percolate with like this, this little project that you're like, oh, I didn't, I did had no idea that that was going to be something that resonated with people or that that would kick up much dust, you know? But I feel like once you get past that, right? And you try different things and you kind of lean into the fact that like no journey is the same. It really is a personal individual pursuit. And yeah, you have different peers and collaborators around you. But at the end of the day, it's really about tuning in and checking in with yourself. Even when you were talking about having how you now created space in between your days, a lot of people don't understand like to be an artist, you actually need that. You need those days where you're like walking the dogs and you're just sitting down and you're observing people and you're observing behavior and you're paying attention and you're thinking about things and you're thinking about how the world works and how people work and what makes people tick. Like you need those free spaces to dig down deeper into the craft, to know who you are so then you know which parts of yourself you know you can use to bring to a character you know you need that space a hundred percent yeah so to your point it's like I feel like a lot of people who are not in the business who are around me are like oh but don't you want this and don't you want that and don't you want this quote unquote type of success and level and I'm like oh I get what you're saying but I kind of feel like I'm already really in that world I'm just working, you know, and it looks different. The work looks different. The output looks different. But I feel like I'm on my own individual path and I'm learning as I go. And it's great. And you meet new people. Like, I love that I've met you and that we have our relationship now. I'm like, oh gosh, like this thing just keeps expanding. You just have no idea. That's everything. That's everything. That's everything. And when people talk about the like sacrifice of like the hustle, 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 I'm like, at what cost? Which is not something I thought about when I was in my 20s. I was like, I'll do 15 workout classes a week and then I'll eat air and then I'll just run to an audition and then I'll run to work. And then, I'll, you know, I was fueling myself with nothing in terms of mental, physical, emotional, like it was all nothing. It's like, what's the cost? Like, who are you going to go to bed as or wake up as at the end of the day or the beginning of the day if you don't fuel yourself in many different ways? And so... I realized that like, it's so important to me to maintain a beautiful relationship with my husband. That is so important to me. I will give up a couple hundred dollars a week if it means that we maintain a good relationship. Because to me, that would be a cost. That would be an expensive, expensive cost that I refuse to pay. So those type of things, I'm like, that's, that's perspective I think you only get as you get older in the business too. Absolutely. Even though we love the business, it's like, you kind of learn that you can't put everything into the business. <laughs> the business isn't going to always return your investment. Right? There's not a lot of return on investment in this business. That's why you have to love it. You have to love it so much. It's like raising a kid. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to get a lot of return on this investment, but I really like it. <laughs> it's a great analogy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, well, thank you so much, Sam. I'm so glad that I was able to bring you on, you know, from behind the scenes, right? And everyone, you know, has a chance now to have met you and learn a little bit more about you. Where can we find you? Where can they keep up with you? Definitely want to be tuned in and subscribe to your new YouTube channel. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, everything's One Broke Actress. Instagram, One Broke Actress. TikTok, YouTube is One Broke Actress. OneBrokeActress.com is like kind of the hub of everything. The podcast is One Broke Actress. FastForwardProduction.com is the website. And if anybody's thinking about starting a podcast or just curious about podcast things, Fast Forward Production made a mini podcast that's five episodes of advice, tips, tricks, and it's the Fast Forward Production podcast. It's available on all places as well if that's something that interests you. So that's me. <laughs> and let me tell you, so when I was trying to decide like, okay, what am I going to do about the podcast? How am I going to do this for the next you know, iteration? I listened to that mini podcast series, that five-part series. I listened to it three times. <laughs> I listened to it three times oh God, to really I love get me that. kind of like ready and 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 sure that this is what I wanted to do and that I wanted to go in that direction. So it's I highly recommend it. It's so it's so good. And there was great information in those five episodes. It was great. People should do more mini pods. We should do more short form. It's like a mini series, like one and done. I love that. I thought it was super fun. So thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much again. And we will be seeing you on the website and on your YouTube. And thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. This has been a So Mind Boggling production. Follow along at So Mind Boggling on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.